0: Hi, family, and welcome tonight to our midweek so- service and our Bible study. Thanks for helping me out again tonight. Good
1: evening. I hope you got our message on the way to church tonight. We're able to get ready and get set. Let's go. That was fun.
0: <laughs> Although you told me don't give any more directions when it comes uh, no, to social no, no, media. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're so happy tonight. I'm glad you're going to help me. I think this is just a perfect, another perfect message for us to partner together on we're in the book of Second Peter. If you want to get ready, you can also download the um, notes from the website or go to our church app on either Google or your iPhone, and you can download our church app. I believe it's called Woodland Church Mobile.
1: Woodland Church Mobile. There
0: we go. I'm giving directions again. So. <laughs> but you can download it and follow all the scriptures. We're not going to be able to get through all these scriptures tonight. As a matter of fact, when I began to write this message, I was recognize right away this is going to have to be a two-parter in a series on the book of 2nd Peter so tonight we're going to be talking about growing in maturity but before we do Won't you tell everybody about our services this Sunday?
1: We are so excited to be able to meet together here on campus. We're going to be outside. One hundred people each service. The first service is already full. Praise God! And the second service is filling up fast. So, guys, give us a call if we run out. We'll do another one.
0: (laughs) If we run out, we'll have a third. Listen, I love to preach, so We'll we'll go all
1: day long. We haven't been able to. Preach for a while.
0: So. Well, if I preach it three times, you could <laughs> preach it the next time and do even. I'll better. know it by heart by then. <laughs> what did your sister say to your daddy one time?
1: My sister was a baby, and Dad started to preach, and she looked at my mom and said, "I've heard this when I'm going to sleep." <laughs>
0: oh, so he was traveling and preaching at the time. Also tonight, if you would please join us and get bringing your tithes and offerings, and you can give text to give, or you can give online. Or you can still mail an old-fashioned check to the church, and the yep. number to give at is
1: seven seven nine seven seven. Takes the keyword Woodland Church, one word, no dot, no dash,
0: no spaces, just Woodland Church. All the letters run together, yep. right? You got it. Yeah. So you know we've had some people who have helped another church somewhere out west. You know Woodland here needs your help, so be <laughs> sure it's Woodland Church. Well, let's pray, and then we're going to get right into the Word of God tonight. Heavenly Father, thank you so much. Thank you that you give us your words, you give us this wonderful epistle. Lord, to study, it's a letter, Father, all about how we can continue to grow in our faith. Or as we say here, Lord, in our, in our classes, Lord, we can grow in maturity. And so tonight I pray in Jesus' name that you would just help us as we study to comprehend, to understand, and Lord, like a child, envision growing up in Christ. Lord, like a child, as a pastor, I envision our church in growing up into the fullness of Christ, as the scripture says. So thank you tonight that we get to share this word together with our family in Christ. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen, amen. and amen. Well, you know, one of the things that fascinates me about the book of Second Peter, and I said this in our very first message, <clears throat> was that here is this man who writes so eloquently, I mean, really, Peter writes eloquently. And he writes powerfully, but it's because of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. He does pretty good for a fisherman. For a a salty fisherman, for someone that said to the Lord, depart from me, for I'm a (laughs) sinner. That's the difference that Jesus makes. And you know, as someone that is called to preach the gospel, and Becky, you're a great preacher as well. Thank you. We both know that joy that comes to our hearts when we're sharing God's word with people and we see them getting it. Yeah you know getting it. That's the big deal. It's, it's not only a joy to study the word but to share the word. It's, it's a call to preach and teach the gospel. And so Peter, obviously God has gifted him not only to preach, but God has gifted him to write. Mm-hmm. And so tonight let's go in our scriptures to second Peter chapter 1 and verse 5. In view of all of this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence and moral excellence with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with patient endurance and patient endurance with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love for everyone. And again, I am just stunned. Now, we've started a series on friendship, and Sunday I'm going to be talking about becoming friends with God or friendship with your Heavenly Father. That's what we're talking about. But right here, we look again at this brotherly affection, this Mm -hmm. love that God gives us for everybody. But if you look carefully at these words, and then think about the narratives in the gospel where Peter speaks, this is so different the way Peter is writing it's the difference that the anointing of the Holy Spirit makes.
1: I love in the first part of the verse this verse where it talks about supplement your faith. Yeah. We just watched a video on how to have really beautiful green grass. And by the time they got finished and all the things they (laughs) supplemented their yard with, it was like, no wonder their yard looks like that and my yard looks like this.
0: (laughs) I think we must have supplemented our third son really well. (laughs) Yeah, we We, must have. (laughs) But you know, that word supplement, we're going to come back to that because that is a fascinating word. It's, It's not what you think it means. It's not like adding fertilizer to something. Mm-hmm. But it's an interesting word and I can't wait to share it. But what I but what I want to bring out one more time is I couldn't preach without the anointing of the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit. I was told that I was couldn't that God wouldn't be calling me because of my health. I didn't have a big enough diaphragm. I wasn't able to project. I was told that by My pastor, I was told that by a a well-known evangelist at the time. I was told that at the school when I went to Bible college, and yet I knew I had a call to preach. And so what I want to say there, friends, when you read a passage like this, don't just read the passage, but think about the person that God is using. Because if God could use Peter, and if God can use Mm -hmm. me, I'm telling you, God can use anybody.
1: And Peter almost messed it up. Oh, he did. During the during the crucifixion time. You know, yep. he denied Christ. And yeah. he is a picture of restoration.
0: He is a picture of what grace can do in somebody's Absolutely. life. I love that. Well, this order that, that Peter lays this out for us in the Gospels, this is important. As a matter of fact, in your outline, I just wrote, this order emphasizes What God has done for us. And this is where we're going to get to that word supplement. Because the order that he's putting here, it's vital to understand. It's huge to understand. Let's look at a couple of passages of Scripture. Would you read the first one, sweetheart?
1: Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. That's Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1.
0: And if I were you, I would underline in your app or circle, in your Bible, once you were dead because of your sin. Colossians 2.13.
1: You were dead because of your sins, and because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all our sins.
0: I would underline that you were dead again, but then I would underline God made you alive. And that's what Peter is doing in this passage. He's going in an order to help us understand that our relationship with God in these first few verses that we're looking at, Uh, This is the third week on the series, and you can get them all online. But this is the third week of the series, and there is an order. It's our relationship with God that comes first. Now, sometimes people ask me, What is sin? I'm going to talk about that just a little bit on Sunday morning. But do you remember the old Burger King commercial?
1: Oh, my goodness. Which one? There's been a few. Have it your way.
0: Hold the pickles, hold the lettuce, special Special orders, orders, don't upset us, you know? (laughs) You could go to Burger King and you could order any hamburger any way you wanted it. It wasn't like going to McDonald's where, you know, you get what they serve you, Mm -hmm. okay? And one time I asked them at McDonald's and said, we can't do that. But not at Burger King back then. (laughs) Back then at Burger King, if you wanted three or four pickles, they put three or four pickles on that hamburger for you. So the essence of sin means I want to have it my way. It's kind of like a child, you know, when you tell them no and they go yes, (laughs) or when you say yes and they say no. They want to have things their way. And You know, sometimes I have to be honest, sometimes I want to have things my way too.
1: When the boys were little, I used to watch Dr. Dobson all the time. We listened to him on the radio every day, and I was always saying, Dr. Dobson said, and telling Dennis, and we were in the grocery store and Andrew wanted cookies, (laughs) and mommy said no. And he stomped his feet right in the middle of the store and said, Dr. Dobson says
0: yes. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot about that. That's great. Well, you know, Sunday, a dad called me, and we were talking about some issues, and we spent 45 minutes on the phone Sunday afternoon, and he said to me, Pastor It had to be God. I just found a book by Dr. Dobson, James Dobson, that I've started reading called Dare to Discipline. And so that's kind of a timely thing right there. Well, that's what the essence of sin is. Sin means I want to have it my own way. Would you read this next verse?
1: We are all like sheep. We have gone astray. Each of us has turned in our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all.
0: You know, We're real familiar with this verse, and maybe in the King James Version, we're more familiar with it, Mm -hmm. but we all are familiar with the phrase, we're all like sheep.
1: We've all gone astray.
0: Yeah, we've all turned our own way. We're very familiar with that. We're very familiar with the Lord laid laid upon him the iniquity of, I have to look at it since (laughs) I've got it memorized as King James, but what folks sometimes tend to forget is have gone astray have gone astray. We're all like sheep that have gone astray, and we've turned to our own way. And there again, that's the essence of sin. Sin doesn't want God's will. Sin manifests itself by wanting my will. It's kind of like in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve sinned. They listened to the lie of the devil, and he said, you will be like God. God had told them, you can have everything you want. Just don't (laughs) eat of this one tree. And then the serpent says, did God really say? You know, I can see, did he really say this, you know? (laughs) And they fell for it. In that state of sinlessness and that beautiful paradise, how much more do you and I have to lean into Jesus? Every day. Every single day. Because there is always, you know, Paul describes it like this. He says there's this battle going on inside of us, and there's the the new life, but that old sin nature is still there battling. And so I have to ask myself once in a while, what does it mean to follow God in this instance? Now, the gospel, if you'll follow along in your next fill-in, the gospel turns me from my way to becoming a follower of Christ. Does that statement surprise you any right there?
1: To become a follower of Christ? No, but it does point out that it's a process. You become.
0: Yeah, become a follower. I deliberately didn't put passionate follower of Christ (laughs) in (laughs) there. But you
1: wanted to. (laughs) Oh, I
0: did. I wrote it in, and I thought, oh, wait a minute. Uh, you got to grow into that. That's right. What's our mission statement? Celebrating God's God's love by persuading people to become
1: passionate followers of Christ.
0: That's right. So it's this process of becoming that Mm. you just referenced right there. Read the next verse, honey
1: then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all of our sins. Hallelujah.
0: (laughs) Great. God made us alive with Christ. He forgave all of our sins. We have a new life in us tonight because of what Jesus did for us. You see, when I become a follower of Christ, it means that I accept. There's a large cross over here to my left. It means I accept the salvation The forgiveness of my sins that God gave his son Jesus Christ to die at Calvary for, so that I might have new life in him, so that I might be born again, as Jesus said. You know, that phrase is not a political phrase, it's something that Jesus said you must be born again. I accept what Christ did for me at Calvary, and therefore, Christ becomes the only way to God, and I can live for him. But the second thing that I do then, once I give my life to Christ, and this is where sometimes for new Christians, that means I've got to submit my will to the Father's will. And that's why reading our Bible, whether you're reading it on your phone every day or whether you're reading it through the, an old-fashioned leather Bible, you've got to submit and follow the will of God. Now, how you become a passionate follower of Christ is you accept the gospel you also submit to the will of God, but then it doesn't depend upon me. I depend upon the work of the Holy Spirit.
1: I think that second stage right there is where the first part of that verse comes back yeah. in, But it says he will cut away the old nature, oh, that man. sinful nature, because very honestly, we don't want to submit to anything. No, we no. want freedom. No.
0: <laughs> and you see, the reason I want to bring this out, because this whole book, this whole second epistle of Peter, is how to grow, how to mature, how to stay in balance in the midst of persecution, how you keep growing. Because there's two mistakes that are often made. And number one, the first mistake, mistake is, well, you know what? If, if I add to my faith, if I add to my faith, you know, d- diligently, you know, all of these things that Peter adds to, that if I add those, to, if, if, if suddenly, if I do those things, then I'm a passionate follower of Christ. It's the mistake that a lot of legalist people make, legalist Christians. They, They pay their tithes, they pay their bills, they read their Bibles, they go to church. But in a lot of cases, they haven't had an experience with God. And in some societies that you and I have worked in, and maybe even right here in our own community, there are people who have never surrendered their life to Jesus Christ. They've never submitted to his will. They're good people. We, you know, we yep. know some of them. We like them. They've never submitted. You know, I had an uncle that exploded at me in California one time because he said, how dare somebody to tell me that I need to ask for my sins to be forgiven. Remember, remember yep. that? We were coming out of church and he went to church with us and uh, he it was just so angry.
1: Because he had it together.
0: He had <laughs> He was a good man. He yep. was an honest man. He had several Bibles in his house. He never read them. He never <laughs> prayed. <laughs> And, you know, his, you know, he was a good man, but he had never trusted in Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. So to become a passionate follower of Christ, it means I not only give my heart to Jesus, but it means that I submit to his will, and then I realize I can't do it on my own. I've got to depend upon the Holy Spirit, and that's what I love about the Spirit-filled life.
1: It's so beautiful when we come to that point of realization that not only can I not do it on my own, I don't have to do it on my own. Praise God for that. Uh, Because if I did, I wouldn't.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: But the beauty of the Holy Spirit is that he takes us and he teaches us and he gently guides us and he's patient enough to take a Peter and make what we see in the book of First and Second Peter, out of that kind of man.
0: To take the apostle Peter and make him a godly man. To take me and make me a godly man. It's a process that all the glory goes to God. And when I get up in the
1: morning, he's going to have to start all over <laughs> again because it's a daily process.
0: <laughs> you know, you're so right. I'm not there yet. Even the apostle Paul said, I'm not there yet. But it is a daily process. Now, the other mistake that people make is passivity. You know, Paul addresses that too. Yes, and we call those antinomians. That means they're they, they're against the law. And a passive person or an antinomian says, "Well, there's nothing I can do, so I may as well go ahead and sin." You know, and matter of yeah. fact, Paul writes at one time he says, "So what? Shall we sin so that God's grace is magnified?" He says, "No, God forbid." You know,
1: isn't it neat that the things they were dealing with then. Yeah. And the things that the scriptures addressed are the very same things that people deal with today. Same kind of thought processes. And God allowed them to put into his word the direction for how to work through these things.
0: The Bible is timeless and it's always timely. Well, here's the next thing I want you to look at tonight. The promises of God make it possible for me to grow. The promises of God. I know I'm going to continue to grow. I know you're going to continue. To I know Woodland is going to continue to grow and mature in faith. I know our children are going to grow in faith. And when I see our children going through trials, uh, let's say, for instance, with an with a ill grandson, when I see our children going through maybe personal trials, I don't rejoice over the trial. And we're there to help all that we can, but there are some things only God can do. Yeah.
1: And there's times that we just have to say, Lord, we depend on you. Yeah,
0: yeah. You know, and I have to say this. I want to give a shout out to my, my daughter-in-law, Dana, Dana. I have taught with so many people through the years that have been angry because they've had a child that was born disabled or they had a child that didn't enjoy you know, perfect health. Over and over, they've complained. I've never one time heard Dana complain. It was
1: a huge moment for me as a mom over Christmas that I came down to get coffee and one of my daughter-in-laws was in one room curled up on the sofa with her Bible having her coffee and her devotions and the other one was in the other room in a chair curled up with her coffee and her devotions and I thought Lord thank you. Thank you.
0: God has blessed us with a good family, good (laughs) daughters-in-laws. And to the parents who raised those girls, thank you so much for loving them and teaching them how to love Jesus and how to be passionate followers of Christ. I said this Sunday, I'm going to say it again, the local church is the best place to find your husband Mm -hmm. or your wife, and I just think it's great. Well, I told you I would get to that word supplement. If you'll look with me now at uh, 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 5, you know, and I've got that word supplement underlined. Would you read that? <clears throat> in
1: view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence and moral excellence with knowledge.
0: I've just been dying to get right here. <laughs> I should say I've been living to get right here. I've been, oh, because every once in a while, you know, exegeting the word is fun. When you go through and you study word by word and you can't just take a word out and say, "Well, the Greek means this," because sometimes it can be a real problem trying to apply that. And you can't take a, a word and say, "Well, this is a compound word," so you know it means. Well, let's use the word pineapple. You know, a pineapple is neither a pine nor an apple. Nope. So I don't know where we got that <laughs> name. So you have to be careful when you're doing that. But this word, supplement. Wow, because when I read that in English, I'm going, oh, I've got to add fertilizer Mm. or gypsum. I've Mm. got to add something to my faith. But that's not what it means.
1: So what is the generous provision?
0: Okay, here's what I (laughs) want to tell you. You just gave it away, by the way. You stole my (laughs) thunder. You know, supplement your faith with a generous provision. The gospel says that everything we have, God has given to us. God, the God, You like that, didn't I like you? That. I like I know when you go, mm, you like something. <laughs> you know, the gospel says that every, I have new life because God gave me new life. We have salvation because God gave us Christ. We have the money to bring our tithes and offerings and missions and to pay our bills because God provides for us every single thing that we need. So this word supplement, you're going to love this. This word supplement, I wish Pastor Mark was in here. He ought to be listening to this the word supplement was actually used about a choir. It's used about a course. Really? Yeah. S- see, you didn't know, did I you? I did not. You see, that word, I didn't know that until I began to exegete it. So I've been sitting on this for several weeks now. The word supplement, this came from a word of a benefactor in a city that would support the public choir or the public course for ah. a theatrical group. And so the word supplement comes from... What he did, he gave the resources so that the singers could be paid, so that the actors could be paid. He supplemented. So what this word is saying is God has given us what we need. He's given us a generous provision of moral excellence. He's given us a general provision of knowledge. He's given us all of these things. And so it's kind of like this, okay? You can't be passive and say, okay, God's going to do it all, nor can you be legalistic and say, well, now I've got to add this to my faith and add this to my faith, and I'm going to be a man of God. <laughs> I don't know why we always talk British and deep when we do that. <laughs> That's not what that means. It means God is given. So my, my grandfather was a sharecropper. My maternal mm-hmm. grandfather was a sharecropper. He didn't own the land. He didn't even own the house they lived in. He couldn't buy the seed, but what he did was he was paid to farm that land, to plant that seed, and in doing so, he received a salary, a portion of what uh, was produced, mm-hmm. and he also received a home for his family to live in. Becky, God has given us everything we need, but we have to to work it the way my grandfather worked a farm
1: if you put a seed into the ground and just abandon it yeah. you're going to have nothing yeah but if you tend it yeah. and you water it and you take care of it and you nurture it
0: yeah.
1: and when we nurture our faith <laughs> our faith is going to grow yeah. and is going to be a harvest in our lives absolutely rather than just saying well god forgave me so i'm good now
0: yeah and the thing is, God gave us the seed of faith. God gives us the gift of faith. Everything we have, it's all of God. It's all to the glory of God. Read this next verse here.
1: I planted the seed oh, right here, in your heart. There. Oh, sorry. God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It's a gift, gift from, from God.
0: God. It's a gift from God. Everything we have is a gift from God. Now you can read that next Okay.
1: One. I like this one. I planted the seed in your hearts. Apollos watered it, and went, but it was God who made it
0: grow. It was God who made it grow. Okay? So, the, the everything that happens in our life, it's all because of Jesus. It's all because of God. Think about that. You put the seed in the ground. You farm the ground. You do what God tells you to do but it's God that gives the increase.
1: You're talking about friendship on Sunday. Yeah. There's that there's that principle again that we did something and then someone else comes along and partners mm-hmm. with us like Apollos watered I planted, but it was God that gave the increase that partnering together and working together as followers of Christ The increase and the harvest is multiplied.
0: We're not going to take credit for anything when we get to heaven. We didn't do it. We hope to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. But Pastor Rick, with all the good work he has done, he's not going to get credit for it. God gets the glory. And that's what he wants. Pastor Mark, Pastor Corey, your life, everything we do, our missionaries, it's all for the glory of God. God makes it grow. And it's kind of like that old story, you know. A scientist said that they could create a man. They didn't need God to create life. And so they um, wanted to create a human being. And so they, God said, okay, you create a human being. And they went, well, give us some dirt. He says, nope, you make your own dirt. <laughs> <laughs> you know, everything is of God. It comes from God. Well, here are several things I'd like to point out to you tonight. Number one, growth is possible. You can grow in Christ. Don't let anybody tell you any different. You can mature. You can become a giant in faith. It won't happen overnight.
1: If you, again, use Paul and Peter as examples, that where they started, you would have looked at both of them and said, one who was very rough, one who was very legalistic, and you would have said, hmm, well, you're not going to change them. Yeah. But what God did in them, what yeah. seems impossible with man is possible Absolutely. with God.
0: One of my heroes, Pastor Cortez and Audrey Frazier, um, I was sitting in his office one day and Audrey was in there as well. I was only 28 years old, you know, and trying to pastor a church with a lot of issues, if you remember. I know you it remember. had issues
1: when we got there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> We just didn't know issues.
0: it. <laughs> and I remember just going because he was full, just so much wisdom, mm-hmm. and he helped me so much. And I, and I remember complaining about my lack of wisdom and my lack of maturity and, you know, why we're, did God put us in this place? And I'll never forget what Audrey said to me. She says, Denny, you cannot expect to be... And she called her husband Corky. You cannot expect to be where Corky is after 40 years of living for the Lord or serving as a pastor. You're going to have to trust God that you're Mm -hmm. going to grow.
1: That was probably some of the most comforting advice. Because we felt like we were in one of those situations that we needed 40 years of experience (laughs) in 28 years of life.
0: But it demonstrated that growth is possible. We can grow in Christ. The second thing is, according to the Scripture, growth is necessary. That's what Paul is—excuse ri- me, Peter is writing about here. Growth is necessary. It is necessary for us mm-hmm. to grow. If our children weren't growing, we'd take them to the doctor. And that's
1: what uh, doctors call failure to thrive. Yep. When a child is not growing yep. and developing in the way that it should, then something is not right. Yep. Something's going wrong. We need to find out.
0: And so, God expects us to mature. And that's what we're really, when I'm talking about growth, I'm talking about maturity here. God expects us to mature. And it's so heartbreaking to me as a pastor. I see some people, now now listen, because this is going to get really personal. As a pastor, I see some people come to Christ and they're new in faith and they are just so eager and hungry Mm -hmm. to grow. And then I see some people that they've been serving the Lord a long time, and sweetheart, they're no further along in their faith today than they were twenty years ago. You know, they're not growing. Jesus said, and to the church, that it, it, He said, "I would rather you be, you know, hot or cold, but don't be lukewarm. Be aggressive about your faith. Try to grow in your faith." Second Peter chapter two and one eight and. It, Growth is gradual. That's my next one. Growth is gradual. Would you read that? The
1: more you grow like this.
0: The more you grow like That's what he's saying. The more you grow. So growth is possible. Growth is necessary. But the more you grow, growth is gradual. Now, here's the thing. And I couldn't have said this 30 years ago. But it's been my experience as a pastor Sometimes on the scale of civility, I have got several good books on civility, but on the scale of civility, you'll meet a man or a woman who's grown up in a good home. Their Mm -hmm. parents have taught them manners. Their parents have disciplined. Their parents have taught them self-control, and they know the right things to do outwardly to get ahead in life. Mm -hmm. They go to church on Sunday. They they they're they're good citizens, but they don't have a relationship with God. Or maybe years and years ago they made a profession of faith, but because of business they've. Ne- and I've had business people tell me this. I've had church members. T- I never assume on Sunday morning everybody's saved. <laughs> I've had church people tell me this.
1: Actually, I hope they're not because I want to see some people come to Jesus. Yes,
0: <laughs> absolutely. But here's the point. You'll meet a new Christian. And if we take a ladder and, and the ladder, the top rungs are tens and the bottom rungs are one. You take a new Christian that's climbed onto the ladder by giving his heart to Christ, and they're at a 1.5 scale. But they've got a hunger for God. They've got a thirst for God. They want to know God. They they love God. And it says to me, Here's this baby Christian, this brand new baby Christian. They're connected to God. They are connected. The Holy Spirit is, they're depending, like I said just a moment ago, they're depending upon the Holy Spirit. They know they're still kind of rough. We've all seen the YouTube baptisms or the Facebook baptisms of of a brand new convert that's just been saved, comes out of the water and says something inappropriate. (laughs) You know, we've all seen that. But they're hungry and they're thirsty for God. Now, 1 John chapter 2, verses 12 through 14. We're not gonna take time to read that tonight. It tells us about three stages of faith, and and I'll go over those real quickly. It tells us about children, it tells us about those that are young in faith, and it tells us about the word is fathers, but it means mature in faith. So those children, they're the babies. They're that one and a half. Mm -hmm. They cry, they pout, they want it now. And it sometimes seems like those children see miracles all the time. It's, it's when our babies cried, you and I jumped up yep. to take care of their knees, didn't we? Absolutely. Yeah, we jumped up to take, to, and, and if a baby cries in this church, a mother jumps up to take care of that baby. It's a good thing. And God responds that way to babies. But now when our children got about eight years old and they cried or begged for something, did we jump up? Nope. Why? Because you got to grow up. (laughs) You got to grow up. We wanted them to mature. We wanted them to learn how to wait. You know, we wanted them to be disciplined. So when they went from the baby stage to the child stage, things took on a little different character, didn't it?
1: Someone asked me when did my children learn to do to do laundry before they went to college, and I was like, nope, at ten years old. If you can reach the top of the washing machine, you can load it.
0: Well, you had something you were going to say here about I did.
1: I have, um, you have laughed at it, but I've started a little garden. But I have planted some sweet peas, and I was watching them this morning because I had to put up a trellis to help them because they're still young. And they're putting out this very, very fine little string that will grab hold of that trellis and will help anchor them in. But right now, you can go, and that little part of the vine just blows anywhere, and it's sticky, and it'll stick to anything. And I thought this morning as I was taking care of them, the scripture that says, when your children... You can be tossed around by any doctrine. Anything that comes along, it's like, oh, wow, let me stick to that. But when you become mature in your faith, then you're able to discern the truth. But as that plant grows and as it anchors to that trellis, at the end of the season, I'm going to have to cut it off of there because you can't blow it off anymore because it's rooted, it's grounded, it's matured, it's strong.
0: And it's going to bear fruit Hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) It will. You're doing a good job. But you know, this morning I had, I prayed with a lady from our congregation that's going through a very difficult, Mm -hmm. trying time. And she said to me, Pastor, this word of the Lord that stood out to me in my devotions this morning was God says, if you ask anything, don't be unstable. Don't be like a a wave tossed by the wind and She says, I just want to pray that I'm very stable and mature in my faith. She had no idea what I'm preaching on tonight. So I think that was a great illustration. So let me look at these real quickly. The children are the babies. They're the newest ones in the faith. They're the ones that grow rapidly. It's like you put a rapid grow under them. Then you get the young in the faith. Those are the growing people. That's me, you know. And I know you can say, you've been a Christian a long time. But it's very hard for me to think of myself as mature in faith. See, you
1: taught me a word tonight that I didn't know that that part of the meaning was there.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm still growing. You're still growing. And it's awfully hard. Sometimes people will, you know, talk about my faith being mature. But friends, I want you to know, and I'm not just saying this to feign humility. I sincerely mean this. There's so much more to God than what I've experienced yet. There's so much more to knowing Jesus. There's so much more to walking in the Spirit than what we've experienced yet. And we're still growing. You and I are still growing. We're growing in faith. We're growing in our marriage. We're growing with our relationship with our children and in ministry. And I am so thankful for that. So growth is possible. Growth is necessary. Growth is also gradual. But growth is also organic, organic. And by that I mean growth comes from within. The Holy Spirit lives in us and so we grow within. Now you talk about your garden. My dad was a great farmer and gardener, but my dad had a rock garden. Do you remember <laughs> yeah, that rock garden? I do. Yeah. And my dad, he was notorious for pulling plants from wherever he traveled and planting them when he got home. He wanted to see if they'd grow. But he was also notorious for getting rocks. We had rocks from across the United States. <laughs>
1: Probably a few rocks he wasn't supposed to bring home. Well, I <laughs> can tell you
0: some that he wasn't supposed to bring home. You know, he, he pulled a rock out of the Grand Canyon when back in the 60s. And he was so proud to point out, well, this rock came from this national park. This rock came from <laughs> this national park. But, you know, he'd pile these rocks up, but it never grew on its own. Mm-hmm. Daddy had to add rocks to it to make it grow. You can water it, but it won't grow. (laughs) That's right. But the difference is Christ lives within us. So growth is not only possible. Growth is not only necessary. Growth is not only gradual, but growth is organic. If Christ lives in you, you're going to grow. And that's the reason it's so hard for me to understand people who refuse to grow, refuse to become passionate followers of Christ, because it really makes me question, have they ever had a born-again experience with God.
1: I've never seen a child yet that got up one yeah. morning and said, "You know what? I'm not going to grow today."
0: Yeah, Jonathan Edwards wrote a whole book about this. Uh, this Puritan pastor, and it's a it's a little difficult book to read all these hundreds of years later. But I love that book because Edwards tells his congregation, basically, it's, it's called Religious Affections. If you're not growing, if you're not pursuing God, perhaps you've never given your heart to Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, he was stronger than that. Yeah. You've never given your heart to Christ. And yet, there's plenty of solid biblical reason. That's the reason I'm saying growth is possible, growth is necessary, growth is, is, is gradual, growth is organic, but growth is also visible. Mm-hmm. You can see how somebody is growing in Christ.
1: My little seeds I stuck into the little pots months ago before we could even get outside. Now I'm looking at them, seeing, yeah. "Hey, won't be long. There's a bloom. There's a blossom. There's going to be some fruit."
0: Absolutely, you can observe a Christian growing, and we're going to talk about that next week. That's what these beautiful verses. We're going to look right back at this same passage because there's so much more. To unpack right here, but you know, let me say this: We've been married a long time. I have watched you grow in your faith. I've watched you grow in grace. I've watched you grow in virtue, and I am so proud of you. I, I've served with most of the members of our staff for a long time. I've watched our staff grow. I've watched men and women who, who serve in different capacities in our church, whether it's on the board or whether it's in. As a small group leader, I've watched them grow in faith and seen them develop. Just a few weeks ago, Keith O'Connor was preaching behind this pulpit. Remember that? Yes. You remember his first few times preaching?
1: Oh, my goodness. Yeah. He was so nervous. He was so
0: (laughs) nervous. But here's the thing. The maturity we're seeing in Keith's preaching ministry is coming how Keith is growing in Christ. It's not coming because he gets to preach a lot. It's coming because he's growing in Christ. I think of Matt Severson tonight and how Matt has grown. I remember when we first met Matt and Lisa. Hi,
1: Matt. (laughs) Yeah, and how,
0: you know, I don't call names out, do I? But anyway, I've seen them grow in their faith, and I've seen them grow in grace. Grace is visible in your life. People should be able to see the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our lives, not because we're supplementing it, but because we have been given what we need to grow in Christ.
1: And he will continue to give. He will continue to lead. He will continue to help us grow.
0: And with that, let's pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, thank you that you are the one like the benefactor who gave the choir or the chorus what they needed You have given us what we need to grow in grace. You've given us what we need, Lord, to mature. I thank you that all things are possible. What would it profit us to gain the whole world but lose our own soul? So, Lord Jesus, whether you speak to us like you did to the apostles, come and I'll make you fishers of men. Whether you speak to us like you did to the rich young ruler, one thing you lack, give it all away. Lord, whether you speak to us, O Lord, like you did to John. And Lord, John lived and wrote the book of Revelation. Or whether you speak to us, Lord, like you did to some of the other apostles, and they were martyred for their faith. I pray in the name of Jesus, we will trust you and follow you wherever you lead us. We want to be passionate followers of Christ. For it's in your name I pray, amen, amen, and amen. God bless you. Thanks so much for watching. Enjoy. I hope this has been a a blessing to you. It was fun to teach with you again tonight. And also, one more time, Sunday morning, what's the schedule? Sunday
1: morning, give us a shout. Go to our website. You can register there for the 11 o'clock, 1130 service and um, get in there and let's get going.
0: signed up tonight. You can sign up on our website. I think there's a link from Facebook as well. Also, join us Saturday night for prayer. We're going to have prayer at uh, six, o'clock. 6 o'clock. And that will be on my personal page on Facebook. But they'll give you a link from that and from the uh, Facebook as well for the church. Oh, and I think we should mention another thing. If you can't come on Sunday, the service will be recorded. You'll be able to watch it on Facebook. You'll praise and worship the message, everything. And if you are elderly, we're asking you, somebody asked me about this. We're asking you to stay home because we we want to protect you. And also, I'm asking you to do this. Now, we're meeting outside, but if you're going to be fellowshipping with people, observe social distancing and wear a mask. Please bring a mask with you to church because when I go up to talk to people after I'm done preaching, i'm not going to shake hands i'm not going to hug necks i'm going to air hug i make chicken (laughs) wings but i'm going to put on my mask because i want to protect you you may be asymptomatic and not know it some people get this and they don't know they have it they don't have any symptoms but they can give it to other people and we are not at stage five yet in michigan so it's important that we observe what our governors ask us to observe and credit to where credit is due A British medical journal has just credited our governor with having spared Michigan from how it could have been much worse. I I know I've had some some feelings about, you know, how she's dealt with business, but as far as encouraging us to wear face masks and social distance and wash our hands, it appears that what she's done has done a big service for us here. And And we want to keep moving forward. Yes, we want to keep moving forward. That's not a political statement. That's just simply saying, let's give credit where credit is due. So bring a face mask. Join us on Sunday morning. We love you. Good night.